Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, do a message called Battle Plan. Everyone say Battle Plan. Okay, y'all, that was weak. Okay, 8 o'clock did better. Okay, so Battle Plan. There, you're, you're getting it, you're getting it. By the third service, man, we can have this place rocking. So, uh, but uh, so the, a couple weekends ago, uh, we have a friend, uh, a family, that uh, has season tickets to um, the Colts football game. And so they couldn't go, so they called me and, and they said, hey, Tony, uh, we can't go to the, the, it was the last preseason game. And, and uh, normally I don't follow the preseason at all. I, I, it's just, you know, uh, I, I wait until like today, you know, kickoff today, is, and and so um, I I they called and they said, hey, you wanna you wanna go and and uh, I said absolutely, and then the, you know the cherry on top is that uh, Tampa Bay was gonna be playing, and I'm not a I'm not a Brady fan at all, uh, but I thought you know it'd be cool to cool to watch Brady throw a couple uh, um, footballs, and uh, hopefully he retires this year and. Uh, you know, uh, he's only got 10 fingers, so I, I don't know what he's going to do. But um, anyway, so uh, we went, we had a great time, and, and we had fun, and our, our kids went. We have a 21-year-old, a and he's here to get married, and his fiance went, and my daughter, uh, who's 15, going on 21 herself, uh, she was there as well. And uh, we just had a really good time. But you know what I noticed? Like, the guys came running out of the tunnel, and, you know, they're hiked, and they're jumping around, and, and all this stuff. They, they, I, you know what I noticed? None of them were standing around going, what do we do? What do we do? Like, they had a plan, right? Like, they had, they, they had been practicing for this moment to go out and play the greatest game of all time, and that is football. And if you disagree with me, you could be wrong. It's okay. And, and so they were going out, and they had a plan. They were standing around going, what do we do? Coach, am I playing? Are they playing? What, what's my position? And, and all of those things. They had a plan. Did you know that you are going to face a battle one day? And maybe you already have, and maybe you're going through a battle right now. Did you know, though, that God has a plan in that battle for you? Like, God has already written out what that plan is. Now, typical typical football team roster has 53 players and and. Um, and so then they're, you know, split up between different teams and all those things. But I just want you to think about it, right? Like, what if we were at this game and, and not one team came out to play the Colts? Not two teams came out, but three different football teams came out. That would be 159 of the biggest burly men you've ever seen on a football field. How many of you think the Colts would have won? No, you're smart. They would have been clobbered, Right? It wouldn't have been a football game. It would have been a slaughter fest. They, they, there's not a chance that they would have won. Well, there's a story in the Bible of this very thing happening. Now, it wasn't three football teams. It was three armies. And if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and open up to 2 Chronicles 20. If, if not, it'll be, it'll be on the screen behind me. But these three armies were coming at King Jehoshaphat. 
Because they wanted to capture Judah. They wanted to capture King Jehoshaphat. They wanted to do some damage to them. And so the beginning of it is 2 Chronicles 20, verse 1. It says, after this, the Moabites and Ammonites, which summoned the Munites, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. And, and so the story, again, is about a man named Jehoshaphat who, who was facing some trouble. He didn't go looking for trouble. Have you ever faced trouble in life that you didn't go find, look for? Like, like, you didn't sign up for it, right? Like some of you probably have, but most of us don't look for trouble. Most of us don't sign up for trouble. And so it's one thing that, to face one enemy, right? But Jehoshaphat was about to face three. He was about to face three different armies. And you may look at that and go, that is impossible. And it would be. It, it, it would be impossible, let me ask you a question. If something ever happened like that to you, where you're just living life, right? You're just, you're just living life. You're enjoying life. The health is fine. The marriage is great. The kids are great. The money's great. Your job's great. Retirement's great. Whatever. Everything's great. Everything's great. And in the moment, out of nowhere, ungreat things come happening. Maybe you go to a, a doctor just for a random uh, a blood work and the doctor calls you and says, hey, can you come in? We need to talk to you about your blood work. Maybe you think your marriage is great, but then you get divorce papers in the mail. Maybe you think your kids, you raised your kids great, but then they go become crazy uh, outlaws, right? Maybe you think your, your job is great, but you show up on a Monday and your, your boss looks at you and says, hey, the economy's not doing well. We have to cut and you are the person we're going to cut. You ever been there? Like you ever been walking through life thinking everything's wonderful, everything's great, then all of a sudden you get smacked in the face and things aren't great anymore? Well, again, this is where Jehoshaphat was. This is where he is living. So let me ask you a question. What do you do when the battle comes looking for you? What do you do in life when battle, the battle, the, the enemy comes looking for you? Do you have a plan? See that football, the Colts came out and they had a plan. They had a plan. And their number one objective was what? To win. To win. And, and, and their number one thing. So let me ask you a question. When you're in a battle, what do you want to do? Because here's what I know. You don't have to look for the battle. The battle will come looking for you. If you're living, the battle will come looking for you. And, and, and so the story gives us a, a plan in the battle. And if you're taking notes, I want you to jot this first one down. Pray in the battle. Pray in the battle. Second Chronicles 22 through 4 says that some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazan, Tamar, alarmed. Hear that word, alarmed. Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. The Bible says that he was alarmed. I mean, who wouldn't be, right? You have three armies coming at you, three armies about to kick down your door because they are in your backyard. They are ready to come at you. Who wouldn't be afraid? Who wouldn't be alarmed? But question is, what do you do when you're alarmed? What do you do when the enemy's coming at you? What do you do when the enemy's at your back door, banging down your back door, coming at you? What do you do? You know what most of us do? We worry about it. 
We, we, we worry about it. We, we, we walk around and we're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't, I don't know, I don't, what are we gonna do? I don't know, I don't know. Oh my, whew, I'm panicking, I'm having an anxiety attack, I'm sweating. Anybody else hot in here? Because I'm hot and, and we're, just, you know, we're just pacing back and forth. We're walking back and forth and we're pacing and we're creating a path of worry in our lives. And that's how some of us react to the battles in our life. We worry about it. Some people tell others about it. Like some of y'all don't need to be on Facebook because everything you post is negative. And you tell everybody about all the battles in your life. You tell everybody all about the junk in your life. Listen, tell Jesus about the junk and the battles in your life. We go around and we tell others about it. You know why? Because I think we want other negative people in our life to tell us about their negative life. You know, misery loves company, Right? Now, I'm not saying we can't ever go tell people about things. I'm not saying that at all because the Bible, the Bible says we should. But if we're just telling everybody about it, but we're not, we're not willing to receive anything to help, then we're just not doing the right thing. And, and so some of us, we, we, we tell others about it, and others, we just complain about it. We're like murmuring and complaining and murmuring and complaining and murmuring and complaining. And listen, we're not looking for answers. We're looking to puke on everybody. That's what we're looking to do. So what what does it say? Jehoshaphat was afraid. He was concerned, but he didn't stay there long. Jehoshaphat decided not to stay in fear long. He fought back. He fought back in prayer. Listen to me, some of you have let fear, anxiety, worry control you for way too long. And it's time to fight back. It's time to fight back, church. It's time to believe what the Bible says about you. And the Bible says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But we don't fight back because we're too afraid of the world. We're too afraid of the battle that's coming at us. We're too, we're, we're too paralyzed by our fear and our worry to pray and to fight back. But listen, the Bible doesn't call you to fight for victory. The Bible says you fight from victory. You've already won. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you already won. Y'all need to wake up. You've already won. But we walk around defeated. We walk around like this. <laughs> Can I be honest? Why would anybody want to serve a Jesus like that? Honestly, wouldn't you rather serve a Jesus that helps somebody than cripples somebody? So yeah, here, here's Jehoshaphat, and, and, and he, he, he is, at first he's concerned, but, but he goes, you know what? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says I don't have to be in here. The Bible says I don't have to live in fear and worry and anxiety. The Bible says to fight back, and he fought back with prayer. He fought back with prayer. Listen to me, church. It's time to take your life back. It's time to take your mind back. It's time to pray instead of worrying about it. Listen, if you don't get anything, hear this. Anxiety is an alarm going off letting you know it's time to pray. Anytime you start feeling anxious, anytime you start feeling worried, anytime, listen, that's the Holy Spirit saying, pray, pray. The Holy Spirit probably doesn't sound like that, but pray, pray, right? Jehoshaphat in his prayer, like the Second Chronicles 20, 12, it says, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power. Listen to this honest prayer from him. 
We have no power to face the vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Have you ever been honest with God like that? Say, God, I just don't know. Like, this is too much for me. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answer. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go from here. Listen, God loves those kind of prayers. You know why? Because that is a prayer of surrender. God, I don't know, but you know. God, I don't have a clue, but you do. God, I need you. Notice that it says that he kept his eyes on God. He kept his eyes on God. And here's the question. God, aren't you going to protect us? God, where are you? Like, how are you going to allow this army to come against us? God, haven't we served you? Haven't we been righteous? Haven't we done all the things you asked us to do? But yet you're allowing this army to come against us. You ever been there? You ever felt like God didn't keep his uh, side of the bargain? God has no side of the bargain, by the way. But so many people, we live this life going, if I serve Jesus, my life will be better. Sometimes you serve Jesus, your life gets worse. Because it's called a test. Look at me, a faith not tested is a faith not trusted. Those tests that we go through, it makes us know what we're made of. And it makes God more glorified in our lives. And so here you are, you have Josephat, and he's asking God these honest questions. And, and Josephat was honest about his feelings, but he finished with this, our eyes are on you. He took his eyes off the enemy and put them on God. He took his eyes off the problem and put them on the problem solver. He took his eyes off of the what ifs and put them on the what is. Listen, everybody, listen, church, we have to get out of the mindset of what if, what if, what if, what if, and start putting our mind in the what is. What does God say about it? What does God promise about it? What does God say? Because listen, it doesn't matter how we feel. What matters is what God says. That's what matters. He took his eyes off of the what if. What if? Listen, a prayerless life leads to a more stress-filled life. Are you stressed out today? Are you worried today? Are you fearful today? Do you have anxiety today? Could it be, could it be because your life is prayerless? Because you're not praying enough? Because you're not praying at all? Philippians 4, 6 says this, do not be anxious about what? What does that say? But why are we anxious about everything? Why are we anxious about everything? Why are we so anxious about everything when Paul said, don't be anxious about anything? You know what anxious means in, 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 in English? I mean, excuse me, you know what anything means in English? Anything. Anything. But yet, and, and then he goes on to say, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to who? God. When a battle is coming, who are you going to? When a battle's coming, when the battle's on every side, who are you running to? Who are you putting your eyes on? Because listen to me, if you're putting your eyes on anything other than Jesus, you're going to die in the battle. You're going to be defeated in that battle. The greatest tragedy in life, listen to me, isn't the unanswered prayers, it's the unoffered prayers. The greatest tragedy in life isn't the unanswered prayers. And we all have them, right? We've all prayed things that didn't happen because God knows better than we do. But what if those prayers are unoffered because we don't have enough faith to offer it? 
Did you know that God will answer 100% of the prayers you don't ask and pray? Like, do you want to guarantee that God will hear your prayer? Don't ask. He'll hear it. He won't answer it. Again, the greatest tragedy in life isn't the unanswered prayers, it's the unoffered prayers. Every battle that you and I face is an invitation to pray. So when you're in the battle, what are you doing? Jehoshaphat prayed. Jot the second one down, you're taking notes. Worship in the battle. Second Chronicles 20, 15 through 19 says, he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up from the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go, notice how many times he tells them not to be afraid and discouraged. Go out to them, go out, face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with their face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohites and Korvites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Loud, not quiet. Loud. They shouted their praise to God. Let me ask you a question. What do you do when you're standing on God's word but still afraid? What are you doing when you're standing on God's word but you're still afraid? Listen, they worship God. I want you to notice something, though. They didn't worship because they already won the victory or they already won the battle. No, 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 no. They worship before they even hit the battle. Worship prepares us to battle. Worship prepares us to go to war with our enemy. Worship prepares us to walk by faith and not by sight. Worship is the weapon of our warfare. Worship is the thing that we do when we don't know what else to do. That's why we worship. That's why we come in here on Sunday and we worship and we give everything to God. That's why this worship team, listen, they're not performing for you. They're worshiping before you. They're, they're making a way into the presence of God. Why? Because worship is a powerful weapon. It's powerful. It's powerful. Matter of fact, the, the Hebrew word for praise there is halal. And it means to boast or to celebrate. Come on, y'all, man, you need to boast in what God has done for you. You need to celebrate what God has done for you. Maybe you need to jump a little, right? You, you know you're in a church that, you know, allows you to jump in church. You can raise your hands in church. You can lay before the Lord. You can do whatever you want to do and worship to the Lord. Because there's freedom in it. There's freedom when we worship the Lord. It means to exuberate or exuberant expression of celebration. It carries the idea that you're acting in a clamorously foolish way. So I always tell people, don't ever judge someone's worship because you don't know what God has delivered them from. Don't ever look at someone and point at their worship because you don't know what God has forgiven them from, what God has set them free from, and where God is taking them. Don't ever look at someone and go, well, they don't worship like me, good. They don't need a worship like you. 
They need to worship like them and what they feel free from, what they feel liberated from. Don't let anybody judge your worship. Just worship. Just worship. I, I, I want you to know that they started to halal. They started before the battle began. It's easy to worship God out, outside the battle, ain't it? Like if your life is perfect right now, you could come in this place and be like, Lord, I love you, you're so good. I'm not gonna sing because y'all would leave, but Lord, you're so good, you're so awesome, da-da-da-da, you know. Listen, that, that, listen that, that's awesome. But there's a reason why the Bible calls worship a sacrifice. Because listen, I didn't say this in the first service, because some of you need to hear this, okay? Worship is called a sacrifice because it's only worthy if it's a sacrifice. Some of you right now are going through such a battle that the very thing that you don't want to do, you need to do, and that is raise your hand and worship the Lord. And say, God, I'm going to worship you through this battle. God, I'm going to go walk with you through this battle. God, I don't know what's going ahead. I don't know what's going to happen ahead of us, but I'm going to choose to worship in this battle. I'm going to worship in this battle. Again, it's easy to praise God when everything's going great. It's hard to praise God when everything's falling apart. But that's when it's called the sacrifice of praise. That's why it's called a sacrifice. God wants us to have a heart full of faith and a mouth full of praise. But you know what most of us have? A heart full of fear and a mouth full of doubt. That's what most of us have. Most of us walk and operate by doubt and by fear. And God wants us to operate by faith and praise. Psalm 109, 30, with my mouth, I will greatly extol the Lord in the great throng of worshipers. I will praise him. I will halal him. I will halal him. I will, I will, I will worship him. Why? Not because the battle's over, but because the victory's already won. Again, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. Your position as a Christian is victorious. And we need to walk in that. And if you're wondering, yes, I always yell when I preach. It's okay. We have to worship him in the battle. Second Chronicles uh, 20, 20, 21. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. And they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in the prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Who did Jehoshaphat put up front? Think about it. He put the worshipers up front. Now, most of us, listen, if I'm, an, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm an army strategic person and I'm trying to create this battle and thing, I am not putting worship people up front, okay? Let's be honest. I'm gonna put the big boys up front. I'm gonna put, you know, Goliath's brother and cousin up front. That's what I'm putting up front. And I'm gonna put people up front that I know that when the enemy sees them, they're like, whoa, maybe not. But what did Jehoshaphat do? What did God tell Jehoshaphat to do? Put the worshipers up front. Put the worshipers up front. He, he put worship leaders up front. And so here, here's what I know. When we were at the game, I, I noticed that when, um, when Tom Brady and all that, you know, they were about to pl- make a play and all that, they were in the huddle. 
on the, on the sign on the screen, it would say, get loud, right? And everybody would start hollering and shouting and standing up. And they look like a bunch of crazy people, if you want to know the truth. And, and so they're, they're shouting and, and all that. And, and, and on the screen, you can see the decibel meter. You know what it got up to? Like over 100. But you know what Tom Brady still did? He still made the play. You know why? Because Tom Brady wasn't focused on the noise. He was focused on the plan. I need you to hear that. He wasn't focused on the noise. He was focused on the plan. Listen, whenever you're in the battle, you can't focus on the battle. You got to focus on the plan. And the plan is to worship in that battle. The plan is to worship in that battle. The plan is to say, you know what, God? We don't have, we don't see what you see, but God, we believe what you said. And we're going to worship in this battle. Listen, the team could have focused on the noise. But again, they focused on the plan. And what was the plan? Catch the ball. Run with the ball. Don't get killed. Don't get hurt. And win. That was the plan. They didn't allow the noise, the battle, the crowd to get in their head. Listen to me, church. We have to stop allowing the anxiety and the fear and the depression and, and, the, and the hopelessness and, and all these different things. We have to stop allowing that to get in our head and instead worship from our heart. We have to worship from our heart. And here's what I know. So many things in life, they come at us and they, they try to get us to focus off the Lord, Right? Life brings fear and it brings doubt and it brings depression and hopelessness and more. It's hard to worship when you're distracted. It's hard to worship when you're distracted. But here's what I know. The battle may get loud around you, but the worship has to get louder in you. Like the, the battle may be loud and they may be screaming. And you might be hearing all these thoughts or, or you're seeing all this stuff and all these things are coming at you, but the worship in you has to get louder. When the enemy comes in and he lies to you, you have to look at the enemy and say, no, 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 I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. We have to learn to worship in the battle. Second Chronicles 20, 22, 24, they begin to sing and praise the Lord. Or excuse me, pray. The Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. The Ammonites, Moab, rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and alienate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooked the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground and not one had escaped. Well, guess what happened? As they worshiped, God went to work. I want you to hear that. As they worshiped, God went to work. Maybe... <clears throat> Maybe God's not working. Maybe you don't see God working because you're not worshiping. Could it be that he's waiting for you to worship in the battle and in, in, in order for him to work through the battle? Could it be that, 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 that God is just waiting for you to say, okay, God, I'm going to worship you. I don't see anything happening. I don't, I don't, I don't feel anything, God. I'm just going to worship you. And then God's like, ah, I got you where I want you. Now I'm gonna start working. Now I'm going to start doing things in your life that will blow your mind. Could you imagine being in the army and you walk up and you feel like you're about to fight and you're looking around and everybody's dead and you're like, okay, well, apparently God knows what he's talking about. Mind blown, right? God knows what he's talking about. 
Most people don't see breakthroughs. Listen, I need you to hear this, okay? Mo, and, I, and, and the Spirit of God put this on my heart as I was typing out this message. Most people don't see breakthroughs. They see breakdowns instead. Some of us are seeing breakdowns instead of breakthroughs because we're choosing not to worship. We're choosing to fight this battle on our own. Listen, God didn't call you. Notice what he said to Joseph that I did not, I, you are not to fight this battle. I will fight this battle. The battle doesn't belong to you. It belongs to me. And so many of you in this room, so many of us, we, we carry these battles. We're, we're trying to fight these battles. But listen, we don't have what it takes to fight the battle that the enemy is bringing at us unless we worship in the battle and the spirit of God comes upon us. And then we walk by faith and not by sight. So let me ask you a question. Are you fearful today? Worship in the battle. Are you anxious today? Worship in the battle. Are you worried today? Worship in the battle. Are you stressed out today? Worship in the battle. Is your marriage falling apart? Worship in the battle. Worship in the battle. Notice I don't say worry in the battle. Pace back and forth in the battle. Why? Because worship is your weapon. Worship is the weapon in your mouth that you get to speak out and speak things that aren't happening into existence and allow God to make things happen. Worship is a powerful tool, everyone. And every one of you, have that tool. If you're if you are a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ in this room, you have that same power working in you. We just have to choose to use it. We have to choose to walk in it. Are you are your kids rebelling? Worship in the battle. Are you sick? Worship in the battle. No matter what you're facing, we can worship and see a breakthrough or worry and have a breakdown. So what are you having? Are you, are you having a breakdown? Are you fearful? Are you worried? Are you stressed out? I tell my church this all the time, turn off the TV, turn off the news. It's amazing when the peace comes back. Get off social media. Go pray, go worship. It's amazing what happens when we seclude ourselves from the world and get into the word, we will be empowered. That's what we need. To worship in the battle. And here's the third thing. When you walk up to the battle, number three, write this down. You know, receive in the battle. Second Chronicles 20, 26, on the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Baraka where they praised the Lord. This is why it is called the Valley of Baraka to this day. Let's, let me ask you a question. What comes to mind when you think of valleys? You think of dark places, right? You think of, you think of places that are surrounded by mountains. You think of dungeon-like type places. But I want you to know something. The word that God called that valley, Baraka, in the Hebrew, it is blessing. The valley of blessing. God called that valley the valley of blessing. Most of us don't think of valleys as blessings, but when you're walking in the battle, when you're coming up to the battle, God will bless you in that battle. Every time, every time he will bless you if you go through that battle. The, 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 again, the, the name, just, it means blessing. 
God didn't call it the valley of opposition. God didn't call it the valley of struggle. God didn't call it the valley of heartache. God didn't call it the valley of depression. God didn't call it the valley of anxiety. God didn't call it the valley of worry. He didn't call it any of that. You know why? Because he wanted them to know that there's a blessing in the valley. There's a blessing in it. There's a blessing in the valley. Here's what I know. God doesn't always remove the valley but he will always bless you in the valley. You ever gone through some stuff? You ever gone through some things in life and you look back and go, man, I am better going through that valley than I ever was before I walked in it. So I'm gonna share a quick story that I didn't share with the first service. So my daughter who's 15 now, when Sherry was pregnant with her, and some of you know who my daughter is, but when Sherry Frederick was there, of course, you know, we went and had ultrasounds done and, 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 and the, 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 um, the doctor said, hey, we uh, saw some things and we need you to come back in. And Sherry called me just crying. I said, honey, let's just pray. God got this. It's fine. It's fine. And, and she went and the specialist looked and, and they started listing all these things that could be wrong with my daughter. All of it. And I remember her calling me and she's in tears. She said, hey, are you close? And I used to drive a truck. And I said, yeah. And so we met and she's just in tears. And, and she's like, she's like, Tony, the doctor said this, 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 this. And I'm just like, what? And I'm going to be honest with you. I had that moment of God, what are you doing? Like, did I do something wrong? Like, what, what is going on? And, and, and so, you know, of course, we were praying, we fasted, we prayed, and we just went through all that. And guess what? Almost everything that they said would be wrong with my daughter was. And here I am, and I'm looking at my beautiful daughter, and, 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 and so she was born with a cleft lip, and, and of course, I was too. And so we knew there was a chance. Um, she was born with a bad kidney. She was born with uh, a murmur, a heart murmur. She had hip dysplasia. Uh, I mean, just on and on and on. And I remember just going, I remember walking in the hospital in Evansville where we grew up and I'm just walking down the hall and I'm saying, God, what are you doing? Like I've given you my life. I've given you everything. And you know what God said back? Nothing. Nada. And I remember just, just, you know, walking through that situation, me and Sherry. And of course, if, you, if you've ever had a, a kid that had, uh, thing, you know, um, special needs things, you know when you go to the doctor, they're going to give you something worse. Like it's one thing after another, and it felt like this wave that kept coming and coming and coming upon us. And I'm like, God, where are you? When is this going to stop? And so we, we got hooked up with Riley Hospital. Shriner Hospital uh, did all of my daughter's surgeries, but we went to Riley to, to work on the kidney part. And seven years, seven years going, same. The report was the 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 same. And one day, <laughs> one day we walked into the hospital at Riley and he said, Mr. and Mrs. Mercer, this is the last time I'm gonna see you guys. And I was like, uh, why? He's like, and he put these two x-rays up and he said, this is your daughter's kidney before and this is it now. Before it was 90% clogged. 
Now it's 95% open. Listen to me, listen. I know, praise God for that, right? You know what God taught me in that battle? Trust. Just trust Him. You know, there's a difference between faith and trust. Faith says, I believe you can. Trust says, I know you will. Big difference. God taught me that on my sabbatical, by the way. God said, hey, Tony, there's a difference between faith and trust. Faith says, I know you can. Trust says, I know you will. I know you did it. So I tell you that story to tell you this. I'm grateful for that seven-year battle. I'm grateful. Listen, I'm not grateful that my daughter's had 13 surgeries. She's only 15. I'm not grateful for that. I'm not grateful for her pain. But I'm grateful now being on the other side because you know what I know about God? I can trust God with anything. And now when I pray for people to be healed, I don't doubt. You know why? Because God healed my daughter. And when I say God healed my daughter, there was no medical intervention at all. No medicine, no antibiotics, nothing. It was just God, seven years, praying, fasting, believing, praying, fasting, believing, and not giving up. And you know what we did in there in that battle? We prayed, we worshiped, and now we're reaping the benefit, the blessing of it. Because now me and my wife, our faith is strong. Not perfect. We still have anxious times and worry and things like that. But I'm a better believer and follower of Jesus now than I was when I was 20 something years old. That's what I mean by the blessing comes through the battle. The blessing comes through the battle. Did we like the battle we were going through? Absolutely not. I hated it. Hated it. I hated every time we went to the doctor, the doctor said, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Hated it. But man, today, if you saw my 15-year-old daughter, you would go, there's no way anything was ever wrong with her. She's beautiful. I don't say it because she's my daughter. I mean, I guess I do in a way, but she's beautiful. Listen, everybody, I'm gonna close with this. Battles are a fact of life, but they are not to be feared. Do you hear me? Battles will come, but you don't have to run from them. Notice God didn't tell them to stay. He told them to go. He told them to face the battle. Sometimes we're going to have to face the battle in our lives. Here's what I know. Life is a series of battles. Walking with God is a series of victories, though. Instead of saying, here comes another battle, why don't we flip the script and say, here comes another victory instead. Whenever we face a battle, instead of going, oh, no, here we go again. Why don't we look at it and go, oh, God, thank you that I get to see the victory now. Because it builds your faith. It builds your faith. So here's what I want us to do when we face battles. Maybe you're in a battle right now. I want you to pray in that battle. I want you to worship in that battle. And I want you to wait until God gives you the blessing in that valley. And it's coming, church. It's coming. It's coming. It might take seven years like it took us, but it's coming. It may take you 20 years, but it's coming. Don't, get, don't lose hope and don't give up. You keep praying, you keep worshiping, and you're going to one day receive the blessing from the Lord. You believe that? Let's pray. God, I can thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you, God, that you are a God of victory, Lord. 
You're not a God of defeat. You're not a God of fear. You are a God of faith. You are a God of victory. And God, I just pray right now, God, for each and every person in this room or who may be watching me online. God, I pray for a, a measure of faith, God, right now to be poured out upon them. Be poured out upon them, God. God, I just pray, God, that you would have your way today. And with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to ask you a question. I want to pray with you this week. And that is this. If you're in a battle right now and you're like, Pastor Tony, I, I just, I'm in a battle and I want you to pray with me through this battle. I want to be that guy. I want to pray with you. And I pray for you and pray with you right now, but pray for you all week. If that's you, if you're in a battle, just raise your hand and let me see that hand. I may not know your name, but God does, and that's all that matters. All right, let me pray for you now. God, I just pray right now, God, for each hand that woke up that says, I'm in a battle. God, I pray right now, God, that they will take what your word says and they will start to pray in the battle. They will start to worship in the battle. God, that they will pray, 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 worship, worship, worship. And God, they won't quit until they see the blessing of the valley come into their life. God, I pray right now for a measure of faith to be built up in them right now. And Lord, we just thank you. We praise you. If you're in here, with your, and keep your head bowed and eyes closed. If you're in here and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, today's your day. Some of you are fighting battles on your own because you don't have Jesus fighting them for you. And that takes you surrendering to Jesus and saying, Lord, I need you in my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. If you're in here and you want to accept Jesus as your Savior, just raise your hand and I want to pray with you. All right, Jesus, I just pray, God, your blessing over everyone as they go home. I pray that they would have an incredible week, that God, that Lord, that no matter what battle they're facing today, God, that they will pray in that battle, they will worship in that battle, and there is a blessing coming from that battle. In Jesus' holy name, if you believe that, say amen. Love you guys. Have an incredible week. We'll see you next time. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.